I'm in. Sold. Ship it. Let's do this. You sound like a product guy. What are we waiting for? <laughs> Why are you easy. so slow, Bob? Isn't it done? Ship it. <laughs> ship it. I want to ship it. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Hey, Josh. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah? Yeah. How's work? Busy. I imagine so. Tell me more about that. Well, I mean, you know, it's the normal stuff. It's end of year, so reviews and planning and all that stuff. I bet you're working real hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a couple of long weeks. How's the family? How's the kids? Oh, they're fine. You know, whatever. They're in school doing stuff, well, but not really kids. in school. I mean, they're yeah. probably all over the place, like sports, sports, sports yeah, well, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. there's no real downtime. But yeah, great, great, Bob. Great. All right, Medicare, what was the point? Josh, what was the point? <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about relationships and other stuff. And this is a Hard Bits episode, uh, talking about handling life's challenges, yep. basically. And what Josh and I were emulating is uh, some t- stopping and getting to know each other and really showing honest concern and honest empathy. And I tried, but damn it, he was just smirking at me. So on to the episode, Josh? <laughs> yeah, on to the episode. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Very serious, very focused Bob Galen. I am. If anybody There's believes no that. There's no time for fooling around. No. no. No one believes that, Bob. There's no hobgoblins in this room today. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I got uh, half a syllable out, and you knew exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Oh, so, Metacasters. It's the yeah. day after Thanksgiving. Uh, no, is it the day after Halloween? No, it's yes. not. It is. It, it, it is. It's a couple days after Halloween. A couple days after. And How did uh, it go? Tell us some stories. Was well, it I mean, at the Anderson household? It was cautious. It was a cautious Halloween, I guess is the best term I can use. But the kids were out there? Did they do any damage? There they... was a there was a little bit of trick-or-treating, but, oh. you know, trying to maintain... More trick than treat? More distance than anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you go out? No. Did you dress up? <laughs> no. No? You no. just came with Josh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kids okay. dress up? Also... Oh, good. Kind of segueing into today's topic is the day before Election Day. Oh, here in the U.S. Oh, did you hear the the enthusiastic <laughs> as I'm dripping from my voice? Yes. So, for our listeners in the U.S., you will be painfully aware, and for our listeners across the globe, you're likely aware that Election Day is November third. Third, yeah, November third, which is tomorrow. So that kind of pushed us towards today's topic. Today's topic is Robert Galen. Share with us. Uh, as a leader, this is we envision this being our last hard bits topic, and Josh and I were debating our all of our topics hard bits. So Metacasters weigh in. I think not. I think these are special episodes, but Josh seemed to feel like you know we always were tackling hard things. So I, I'm neither here nor there. We could leave it to our listeners. We could our plucky, or, or we could get into a wild debate, a brouhaha. Yeah. 
look at you. We I, could argue. You're feisty. Metacasters, I triggered his butt this morning. And, 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 he, and, I'm a, and he's going to find an opportunity to just sort of skewer me. I can feel this. I am lying in the weeds waiting. You are. <laughs> you, you really you are. Uh, so the topic today is uh, Final Hard Bit, leading people through crises in their lives. Mm-hmm. So you're a leader. And to give you an example, uh, divorce a death in the family, um, a sick child with a serious disease, uh, anything like that, that people in your, um, they're, they're handling diversity issues, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm talking about right harassment and things like that. Mm-hmm. I once had a young lady who accused someone of sexual harassment in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had to coach people, coach lead both of them, both the harasser that I ended up having to figure out what to do with him mm-hmm. and then helping her to sort of recover, right, and, and heal. So it's situations like that. Mm-hmm. Not so much firing. We've, we've covered firing. Yeah, right. But these are personal challenges that people have. Yeah. And today's world, well, 2020 has generated a lot of additional pressures for people that is really stressing Mental health, mental safety across the board. Depression is running given the there. pandemic, given racial issues, election, and everything that goes along with that. There are a lot of things that are straining and stressing people on top of the things that they already were wrestling with. Twenty twenty right. just piled on. So today's episode is the reality of as a leader, someone in your organization is struggling. You may not know it, but they are. So how can you help? What can you do? Are there lines you shouldn't cross? What well, that, does that what does that look make like? Make sure we make yeah. sure we touch on that before we go, right? Yeah. I think that's that's true. Uh maybe the first thing to tee up is the notion of just uh asking. Mm-hmm. Like showing interest as a leader, and I'm not telling you this, I'm sort of putting it on the table, mm-hmm. but showing you know, putting it on the table with people that you care about them. Yeah. Uh, and letting them know, asking like Josh, how, how's it? Occasionally I do this with you, not always, mm-hmm. and I probably need to improve it, but I'll ask you how, and it's sincere. Yeah. It's a how's, how's it going? How's the yeah. family, Josh? How's work? Cause mm-hmm. I care about it and I'm just checking in. So people call it checking in today. Yeah. Um, and then being an approachable for check ins as well. So, so sort of setting the space where people know that they can come to you, where it's safe to come to you about personal issues. And that's more relationship building. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. To me, that, that's a key part of this hard bits in that so many people, when I'm new to being a leader with them and our first one on one, and they come like armed with 55 things to talk about. Like, Hey, like these are the things I've done because of the mm-hmm. previous leader that they have. And so much of the one-on-one that I have with a member of my team is about them and about where they're trying to go and the struggles they're having. And it takes months for people to get comfortable that this guy really cares. This guy really wants me to achieve whatever I want to achieve. And this meeting is not a status report because so many one-on-ones have transformed into that. And this is not about status because if we're doing agile, well, status should be slapping me in the face. I should not need a one-on-one with somebody. This is about how are you doing? How are you growing? Do you feel like 
you're going where you want to go. Are you excited? Are you frustrated? What are the things that are holding you back? And it takes months of, of setting the stage, being consistent and persistent that that's what this is about for people to be comfortable letting their guard down and saying, okay, this is a safe place. Josh, right. here's what's frustrating me. Here's what's challenging right. me. Any thoughts, any ideas? It's that relationship building, yeah. right? You're building, and rarely do people think of a one-on-one that way. They think of a one-on-one as status and also me giving you uh, crucial feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Or corrective action feedback, mm-hmm. right? Not, it's about building a relationship mm-hmm. first and establishing that and getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And it is, that's the most important thing I think you can right. do. Right, yeah. Right. So, so establishing that, I think, is an important. So, so you're, so you can sense what's going on. Right. You can get a sense. Right. I think you need to be a good observer too of the landscape. And that's not a given. I think you have to get a sense for, I call it my spider sense. I've written about it before. You know, the Spider Man thing. He Mm -hmm. can say, he gets a sense of danger. Uh, I, I, I think you have to sort of, it's intangible, but I think you grow it and you exercise it in order for it to be valid. Like observing the landscape, knowing what's normal mm-hmm. and what's abnormal. Uh, so you can be curious about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a requirement. But to get there, you have to have that relationship to know what normal looks like the, with that it, person. And with everyone. Yeah. I mean, you're sensing individuals. You're Also teams yeah. have a, what I've learned in Orsk is systems matter. You coach systems. So so it's not just the individuals. It's mm-hmm. sort of the, the combination of eight people in a scrum team. You have eight people that are unique. And then you have actually the team is its own thing. Mm-hmm. And you can you get you need a, to establish a relationship with the people individually and a sense for them, what's normal, what's not. Right. But also for this the team, that third ent in, in worse they would call it the third entity. Mm-hmm. Right. But really getting a sense for that. So it, it's it, the observational skills are really challenging. Yeah. I think that's part of what makes it a hard bit. Not just time mm-hmm. and not just effort, but the skills to sort of really be tuned in to your ecosystem. So step one for your success in helping someone through a situation like this, hopefully you're not too late. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah. you've already established relationships. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and think, gosh, I need to do better at that. Do better right now. Because there are so many yeah. pressures right now in the world. Yeah. Again, given all the things, maybe there's children that are in school. Maybe they aren't in school. Maybe they're part-time in school. Yep. Maybe the company that you're working at, there's a uncertain future. Given the economic status of the U.S., the world, all of the things, the pandemic, right? There's lots of questions that are out there that to make sure that when that time comes and when that person reaches out and needs help, you've established that relationship with them that they're willing, ready, and able to do that because otherwise it might not be. So start now is step one and hopefully you started sooner. And if not, that's fine, but there's no time like the present. I mean, one thing I wanted to, I agree with you. I wanted to switch gears and talk about, um, someone asked me the, the other day, um, 
it was in one of these coaching. I did a coaching clinic last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day, two hours for a conference, an online conference. I, I facilitated it. There were other coaches in it. Mm-hmm. But someone asked like a scrum master question of how do you motivate people now? Mm-hmm. And my answer was don't. And we've talked about that on the Medicast. And it's more important now. I, I made the case of like giving people space. Mm-hmm. I think I've written a blog post about it. Like during COVID. So your job, what I'm saying is at times like this, your job needs to switch from, if it ever was like managing hours or managing priorities, you need to be like a giver of space mm-hmm. and a giver of relief, right? And just not, just almost put a cocoon around someone to the degree that you can and don't put undue pressure on them. Now is the last time to, you know, if someone's going through a death in their family mm-hmm. And you can't just, oh, I'll give you two days to mourn, and now we need to hit this release date mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. You, 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 you don't know. You can't determine. Right. So I think another crucial tool is to give space. When in doubt, so g- give someone a safe space. Don't overly pressure them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Just give them that space. Uh, so in a moment of crisis or like in general? I, I think in a moment, I think in both. Like, yeah. If you're going through any of these hard individual things or like now with COVID, mm-hmm. I mean, my point to this, now with COVID, mm-hmm. you don't know what people's lives are. You have no idea, mm-hmm. right? You don't know what their family situation is. You don't know what their finance situation is. You just don't know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and so what's your, what's your first, you know, is to improve, improve their productivity, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, no, right? Assume that what they're giving you is what they can give you. Yeah, right. And, and don't overly, don't be overly pushy. So give them, give them space, mm-hmm. right? You could give them, uh, expectation space, date space. Like give them some quiet space. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. I'm th- yeah, I'm thinking yeah, as a tool. Yeah, to that's give the. Them. I mean, that's the biggest thing is that when these moments happen, you're not a specialist. You know, you're not the person that's going to like coach them through that moment and 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 help them. It's not your transition job, right? in whatever, right? You are not trained in that. You no. are not, so. Don't walk out of this thinking like I'm going to go help somebody. The most uh, important thing you can do is what Bob just said: is give them the space to figure it out. Don't fix. Don't let your. And this is I'm being vulnerable, Metacasters. I let my fix. I try because my heart's. I want to help. Yeah, my heart's in the right place. Yeah, I don't have a freaking clue. Right, but I try to help people. Yeah, right, and, and that is the worst thing that I've ever done. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trained like divorce, Mm -hmm. divorce counseling. (laughs) I'm I'm divorced. I'm the, you know, but, but I, you try, you almost can't help but try. Yeah. Because you care. Yeah. Because you care so much. And they're close to you. You're working with them. Yeah, absolutely. Like now in COVID, we were sort of virtual. Yeah. But think back to, we're in the office. You, you, you're in close proximity. You're getting a sense for this stuff. So, so don't, now get them help. So part of space is getting like if your company has a mental health, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, firm that they're dealing with. Absolutely, don't call them, but recommend that. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, the number of places where I've worked that have had it's always been called the employee assistance program. Mm-hmm. To where there are things like that. There are services that are paid for by the company that go unused that. Unfortunately, very few people knew. And like, I didn't know. So I would talk to my 
HR partner and say like, holy crap, I don't know what to do. And like, well, we have all this stuff. Like, haven't you told them to go use it? I'm like, oh, well, no, but I will now. Yeah. You know, so that's, so I bet your company has invested in an employee assistance program. So if something comes up like this, where you're not equipped, there's help there that the company's paying for that that person. Now, again, what you can't do is you can't call for them. The only thing you can do is give them all the information and enable them to make that call to get the help from the professionals. You can't even make them do it or even nope. encourage them. Yeah. You, may, you might be able to mention it a few times, mm -hmm. right? Like, a, again, it's tied to the relationship you've built. Mm -hmm. If you built somewhat of a relationship, I might be able to exercise, hey, did you did you make that call? Or, did they, right. or hey, did they help you? Did right. you find that useful? Um but that's about all you can do as mm -hmm. a leader in those, which is really hard because mm -hmm. at least for me, I'm trying to, I want to, I have an internal fixer. I want to fix things, yep. right? If you're hurting, I want to, I want you to feel better as right. soon as possible, right? It's just the way I'm wired. But that, that's not, ha that is not useful when showing up this way. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minutes, plural. Absolutely. Josh, I am so freaking proud of us doing this. Yeah. And that's not ego. I'm just like Josh and I, Metacasters, we talked about diversity and he's smirking and smiling over there and I'm getting like happy about it. And I don't even know if I have anything to report, but it's just, I'm just pleased that we keep pushing it and mm -hmm. pushing it and pushing it. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything to, anything to share this time? Like progress you've made? Yeah. So I, if you've been listening to previous episodes, you've heard this journey that I've been on with hiring and trying to ensure that our candidate pool is as diverse as it possibly can be. And we went out with the best of intent, did everything we could, and it didn't end up exactly like we wanted. But what do we do? We stop. We do a little retrospective. We adjust. We plan. And now we have new things that are in motion. And I've reached out to a ton of different people that have helped and pointed me in all these different directions of things to go do and try. So we've got round two of hiring here at uh, Storable. And we've got new things in place. And I'm excited. And we actually have a meeting this evening where we're going to talk about the pipeline. And I am really excited to see how diverse that pipeline is going to be because I, because I know the team is working their tail off and we've talked to a bunch of people to get better at this. So I'm excited. I hope at like five 30 this evening, my excitement is as high as it is right now. And we haven't run into additional challenges, but I'm sure that will happen and we will learn and adjust. So biggest thing that I want people to walk away from with this is that you're going to try you're going to fail. You cannot stop. You cannot give up. That's how we got here. We were like, oh, I tried. I'm, I guess that's as good as it's going to get. No, don't do that. Be better. Be bigger. Go solve the problem. Try something different. So that's what we're doing. And I, I think you can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. And um, I hope the efforts that we've put into it make a difference. And we'll find out this evening. And I'll tell you Woo. in a week or so. Way to go. Uh, the one thing I, I wanted to bring up, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a cow class today. So this is Monday. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's a four-day cloud class, four hours a day. Um, I had targeted for like Africa or people of color and um, – in both in the U.S. and in Nigeria. And mm -hmm. I think I have 10 people signed up. 
Uh, one guy will be observing who attended another one. So 11 people in the class, 10 the first time. Uh, I think four of them are from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, four or five, but I think mm-hmm. four. And then the rest are from the U.S. Uh, and this is this is like the sweet spot of Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. Discounts. Yeah. So everyone discounts. Uh, I'm literally going to give a thousand dollars to remember that young girls. Yeah. And, uh, so part of the tuition from these folks go to that. So this is like what a thousand, I'm I'm excited about giving the you know sort of a, a gift to those folks running the class. Um, and I this I built up to this for a while, mm-hmm. so that's exciting. I am. I'm. Like, I'm really. And to meet these folks, yeah. uh, and it's from all over the world. And these, you know, very dedicated. I mean, in Nigeria, what's the time? Like one o'clock. So like it goes from one to five or something. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. six, seven hours difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not a non-trivial difference. Yeah. So real dedication. Yeah. I'm. I'm very pleased. Cool. Let's get back to the episode. Let's do it. Okay, so let's let's get into that moment. So let's that that moment happens. Someone reveals to you that hey, challenging thing X in my life is happening. So they're in a one on one, and they're yep. like, "Hey, Bob, yep. this is happening." Um, I don't I don't know what I expect you to do, Bob. I'm telling you because it's a thing. It's affecting me. I'm sure it's affecting my performance. I want you to know. I'm trying to do my darndest. But like this is a thing that's distracting me. So now in that moment, let's help the leader help that person and what that looks like. I I think step one in the let's role play, not role play, yeah. but imagine a one on one. Uh I'd say the first thing is listening. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not actually I'm just data gathering. Um in fact I, I think it's really my my spider sense is telling me that the more I get into one of the topics I have is there's only one. So if you've met, so if you, if you meet someone going through a divorce, mm-hmm. it doesn't, and you've gone through a divorce, right? They're, they're two totally separate yep. things. In fact, the only thing they have in common is the, the word divorce, right. right? Everything else. So in that one-on-one, even if you've, you know, if you've gone through a death in the family, you're, this is true. Even, you know, terminating someone, don't you can't provide advice mm-hmm. right it's it's bad to uh, overly empathize with it you can say that's happened to me mm-hmm. you could say i'm empathetic because that's happened to me mm-hmm. my heart you can show empathy but you know you don't want to say you know something like oh I, yeah and it took me a week to get over that okay it right. took you a week to get right. over that it, it's going to take them s- some tbd time because right. they're not you mm-hmm. so don't make any assumptions in your advice as you know based on your history it's we've talked about this if you've met one african-american woman who's in a cha- in technology you've met one african you haven't met all of them mm-hmm. so you we're we're not i think is le- so going back one-on-one we listen mm-hmm we ask a few, we show some empathy, try to connect a little bit, but really all we can do is vent and then try to help with assistance programs and things. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, that that's the, again, my assumption is if you're listening to this podcast, you're a fixer and you see things and you want to help. So you're going to be in the same situation that Bob and I have been in when something like that has happened. Our reaction is to help. And I have been at lunches with a friend who's brought a friend and the three of us are talking and that friend I've never met 
starts sharing with me some of the challenges that, and I flip right into coaching mode and I say, well, you should do this. You do. And my buddy was like, Josh, no, like, this is just lunch. You don't like, this is just lunch. Calm down. This is the same thing. You have to, you're going to have to fight really hard to turn that off. This is a coworker informing you of a situation which you are not equipped to help with and you shouldn't help with, right? That's yeah. a that's just a thing that you're not going to be successful with. There are professionals that uh, work long and hard to get good at helping with those challenges. Well, I think that's what makes this a hard bit is knowing what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. It makes it because every ounce of your being wants to do something yeah, else, right? Because you care and yeah. yeah. And that's and, your nature. And that's your and that's your nature. Yeah. Um a physical contact as you were talking, I was thinking of physical contact, you know, let's say someone's going through, you know, harassment or a divorce or something, uh, of the opposites or either. It's like you have to be conscious of you know, like sometimes I want to reach out and touch it on the shoulder mm-hmm. or I want to put my arm, you know, I want to console you. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful with physical contact that can be misconstrued as well, mm-hmm. right? Is it welcome? Is it unwelcome? Is it appropriate? Is it inappropriate? I think it's because now you may flip. You may trigger into that, oh, I want to be, I want to console them. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you can console them, but be conscious of how you're doing that. And permission still applies and all of that stuff. Right. So I think your physical response, you have to be, you have to be tight on your physical response. It's a real, if leadership is on a hairy, fine knife edge, I think this is like one of the knifier edge, Mm -hmm. edgier places, right? Cause you want to, you want to be there, but not, it's almost like Zen. Like it's very, it's very balanced and very nuanced. And you can why I think a minimalist approach is best is because, you know, you avoid like screwing up. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? This, this is an, this is an opportunity for us to screw things up, right? Yeah. When we don't, yeah. when we intend the best, but to screw it, to say some week, I could say something about a divorce that could just, flip, yeah, say, right, yeah. like my own divorce and it could just flip the bit in that person. Mm-hmm. And it, I just need to be careful. So the next piece for me is you are going to recommend that this person gets help and that the company has help that can be offered. And here's things that we have provided for you to help in situations like this, because everybody's going to go through something. What I, then I go get help, right? Cause I'm in over my head at that point and I go to HR and this is one of those things that in my head, as I was getting ready to say this, I started to question like, is that right? Should I share that? With HR, is it wrong of me to share that this person shared something with me? But I, I don't think so. I think it's appropriate for me to go to HR and be like, hey, this is happening. I need some help. What would what See, I think do? it depends, though. Okay. I think, like, let's say it's you and I, mm-hmm. and I'm going through a messy divorce, mm-hmm. and I disclose that to you, mm-hmm. and I say something like, Josh, can this stay between you and I? Right, yeah, okay. If you take that to HR yeah. right now, and it, there's all this nuance to this stuff, right? Because if, if my performance is degrading over time, mm-hmm. then you may have to. But that initial re- yeah. that initial right. one-on-one or the next one, I would say you keep it to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. If I've asked you. So I think there's a permission part, too, depending okay. on. Yeah. So if it's sexual harassment. Right. 
you have no choice but to go immediately go to HR and engage mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. If if there's so if the, if the, it was the legal practices, you have a no gun policy. Someone has a gun. You go you right, go yeah. you go get help, right? Yeah. So I think I think there's this sort of the obvious ones that are auto HR. There's there's some uh, that if that are non HR, like mm-hmm. if someone doesn't give you permission and mm-hmm. it's private, mm-hmm. and then there's some gray area stuff, right? You just have to be careful. Uh, I'd ask their permission. One thing in the middle mm-hmm. is is you know it might be a powerful conversation to say you know I'm uncomfortable. I haven't really handled many situations like this. Would you mind if I went to HR yeah. and and sort of just lightly got you know asked them if they yeah. could help and say hey I want to help, but I'm not sure. Yeah, my trying to help is actually going to help. And I think so, that vulnerability yeah. would actually endear you or connect you to that person that you were showing vulnerability mm-hmm. and still trying to help them. So, right. so all I'm saying is I, I think it's nuanced yeah. with the HR thing a little. Well, bit, right? yeah, I mean that goes back to your knife edge thing. Yeah, it's really the, these are these are tough things. Part of when I was jotting down this hard bit, and I don't want to switch. Don't let me switch gears if it's too early, but. How about your own personal crisis? So we've been talking about it from the view of I'm a leader mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm helping someone or handling I'm I'm encountering a, a one of these you know life crises. What if what if it's me? Is there any discussion? I'm going through it. Is there any? Should I be doing the same things? Is there any nuance? Or because I'm the boss, do I just have to suck it up? And. And am I different? Well, I mean, that goes back to, I forget which hard bit it was, but like leadership is lonely. And where do you go? Where do you go? Right. So say, say you're the C whatever. Correct. There's nowhere to go. Where do you yeah. go? Like there's, there's nothing, right? That That's the, that's one of the challenges aside from all of the other things we talked about, about it being lonely is there is nowhere to go. So that's the, that's the real challenge. That's where establishing that network of peers or mentors can help you so that you have someone to reach out to that you've established that relationship with. Um, usually there is, unless you are this person, there's someone in HR that you can go to right. that um, you, you don't report to them, but Hey, like that's, that's, that's the world they live in. And that's the world they're passionate about helping. So sitting down and having a discussion with them is a place you can start if you feel like, hey, like if I you have a relationship yeah, with HR, yeah, like yeah. hey, I don't have a boss because I am the boss, right? You know, so then where do you go? Um, there is no one-on-one that you establish with that relationship. Just like we talked about when you are the boss, trying to establish that, like you, you can't do that because there's nowhere to go. I actually think I I agree. That's why I brought it up. It, it is different, and mm-hmm. it's and it's very challenging, right? Um, but I think one thing you can do as a boss, and it's not it's not C level. It's any at any level in mm-hmm. the organization. This could be a scrum master, right? So, or whatever a team lead. So it's it's not necessarily hierarchical, but um, to find a partner. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a walk on the wild side of <laughs> with you, and, yeah. and say. I felt I felt like you were my so mm-hmm. we were colleagues, um, we were professionals working in the same organization, mm-hmm. um, we were friends, mm-hmm. and going back, nothing happened. But I feel like if if I would have going if I was going through and I wasn't there that long, but if I was going through something, uh, yeah. 
he would have been one of the people that I might have leaned on yeah. to share it. Yeah. Now, we don't have a reporting relationship, but I need someone to have my back. Mm-hmm. So I think it's part of that relationship as a leader is look in the organization. I'm, I'm not calling it a friend. I mean, it, it can be a friend. The person can be friendly, right, or a friend. But it's, uh, I don't know what to call them, your partner or whatever, your leadership partner. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one person <laughs> so that you can connect to someone right. so you're, when you're alone, right, that you can trust them. Yeah, the, that uh, you have a harebrained idea yeah. about, hey, I'm thinking about doing this crazy reorg. Yeah. Let me put it on a whiteboard and let's stare at it and figure out everything that's wrong with it. And you have high trust. Yeah. And they'll call bullshit on you. Yep. And, and, and you can do it on them. And you establish a. I've always, I've always established that. Now, when I was with Kasuba, we had that relationship. Mm-hmm. When I've been in Mary and I, mm-hmm. I had that relationship, and, and it's intentional. It mm-hmm. doesn't just happen. You actually have to nurture it. But uh, I would have that, and they're hard. The people you can trust. Uh, now, with Mary, I was going through. Not it was just work challenges like mm-hmm. you're bringing up, but if it would have been a personal thing, yeah. I know she would have had my back. Yeah, but there, but there's likely someone. In your organization, that is like that, where when you're really wrestling with something that you reach out and they are a good sounding board, that's a likely place to start because of that relationship that yeah. you've established over months and years. I mean, it's a partner. I remember when I went through a divorce, year, this was years ago at a company called Micronosis in Connecticut. Sue Devaney was mm-hmm. my partner that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And there were times my children and my wife were in Pennsylvania and I was working in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And it was a really rocky divorce and my wife is bipolar so she was had so it was a it was a roller coaster ride and it was terrible but i would get this call at work at like two o'clock in the afternoon something like you know i'm not doing this you you have to come down here and take care of the kids so i like out of the blue and i would literally get all stressed out and i would talk to sue and say cover for me or whatever it was and i would just bail Mm -hmm. and i mean literally i had an entire department reporting to me i had customers Mm -hmm. i had responsibilities but Sue was there. I could vent to her. Uh, she would have my back and things like that. And 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 I we sort of established that relationship. And it wasn't with the intention of handling a divorce. It could have been anything. And it went both ways. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was just it was sort of nurtured over time. And yeah. and I'm a firm believer that you need. I think you need that right yeah. now. And she was a sounding board as well. Mm-hmm. So it's going back to that knife edge and leadership is lonely. It's difficult when you're the leader, when you're that person, that when something goes sideways, everybody looks to you. And you as a leader have this responsibility to say, okay, we got this. There's going to be a time where you personally, you don't got this. Correct. And you have to take care of yourself because that will erode at you over time and you won't be the leader you aspire to be. So there is going to be a moment where the right thing for you to do is to tell your organization that you're, that, that you are perceived as the fearless leader, right? There are a lot of people that throw that term out and it puts that weight on you. Like, okay, I can't, I can't blink an eye when something goes bad, but you've got to blink an eye. You've got to hit pause, take care of yourself, do whatever you need to do so that you can return to being the leader that you want to be because right now you're distracted. And that's that's really the issue. That goes in both directions, right? That's giving it to the people that we talked about and giving it to yourself. So Mm -hmm. if if someone's going through this, you, you sort of give, that's the space 
Now you're talking about if it's me, reflect the space back. Right. I'd actually, as you were talking, I was thinking that it could, you know, my my default reaction was weakness. Mm-hmm. But then as I thought about it, my reaction became strength from mm-hmm. the point of view of how can we just give something if we're not willing to ask for it, right? I, I think that's perceived. If I'm if I'm walking my talk at a team level, mm-hmm. it does it. Do, it is not. It's a sign of strength if I can do that from a personal yeah. level. And here's the dirty secret: I'm terrible at it. I am the last person that will take care of me. Yeah. I will take care of everybody else. Yeah. Um. So I I rarely walk that walk, even though I talk that talk all day long. I I feel. As if, if I'm not taking care of everybody else and solving all that problem, I'm not doing my job where I get in trouble and it's happened before <laughs> when I've not done a good enough job of taking care of me, then I'm bad at doing the stuff exactly. that I'm trying to be good at exactly. and being able to recognize when that's happening, that's a real challenge. And that's where you need that person, that sounding board, whoever it is to be like, dude, like what's going on? You're totally off your game. You're not whatever. Something's not right. And then being able to have that conversation and say, Oh, well, let me think about what's going. Oh yeah. There's this thing that's happening in my life. That's really hard and is eating up so much of my brain power. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. That's, that's leaked into work life. So then what do you do? It's funny. I had breakfast with Mary this morning Mm -hmm. and um, I talked to her about my upcoming schedule and I've like, this week I have a cow class. Then I have an ORSC thing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. And then I have conference stuff next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm. Uh, and then I'm going into it. The next week I think is a double week where I'm doing two cow classes in the same week, which I've mm. never done before. Wow. And she immediately called BS on me. And she kept calling BS. And I'm like, right. And, and But but very few people do that. You, yeah. you, you will do that to yeah. me. But very few people do that. Uh, it's I, I think it's a relationship thing, yeah. and a comfort thing, and mm-hmm. a trust thing. Uh, but you need that. You need that so much. I remember when I took my leadership circle profile, this thing, I I, mm-hmm. I, I can give it, and I, I did mine. And uh, I think out of like 10 people, uh, it comments. So let's say 10 people took it. It's a 360. Uh, I think seven people the the biggest concern they had for me was I wasn't taking care of myself. So seven out of 10 yeah. respondents yeah. were like worried about me. And that made more that. And, and clearly the data said you suck at taking care of yourself <laughs> as well. But it was the comments that I, I was like, the people are worried about me mm-hmm. and they're observing it. Right. And they care. That meant more to me than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. It had an impression on me. It helped me to try to, to recognize it and start scaling back a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's wind this down here. So in summary, someone in your organization is struggling. You likely don't know it. Start establishing relationships with your team so that they are comfortable sharing with you. So let's have a synopsis, like some lightning sort of. So I would say establish a relationship. Mm -hmm. That would be one. Let's give them a Let's give the Metacasters like some bullets Mm -hmm. or some keys. So, Establish a relationship. Uh, what else? Um, you're not the expert. You're not the expert. Get help. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was an important key. Um, just listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so listen. Give space. So give them as much space as you possibly can. 
um, HR. So it's a knife edge. HR with permission. Yeah. Unless and, it's a legal thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. And maybe it's a knife edge sort of that knife edge. Realize that it's a really hard balancing act. So be kind to yourself and, you know, sort of work on it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, did we say anything else? Um, don't overly um, mirror your own stuff. Yeah. So your baggage. So again, divorce, divorce, mental health, mental health, anything. Other than empathy, don't talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about your similar experiences. It's it's this not, is not about you. It's not maybe it is not about you. Yeah. Don't fix. Don't fix anything. Just be there. Yep. I think we got it. Okay. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and big. Take care, y'all.